Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The B-Mac and Pat P show. The hottest <laughs> thing in the streets, baby. The hottest thing in the street. Yes, sir. Print the T-shirts. Man, he been a model citizen. He changed the culture. A.B. is just like Tom Brady far as when he hit that grass, he's all big. Welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Covered. A little update from us. We've been mostly releasing episodes on Tuesdays during the season. But now that the offseason is here, we'll be dropping new episodes on Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and turn on alerts so you can get the show right away. Yo, Pat P., what are we going to cover on this episode? Man, we got a lot to cover on this week's episode, Mac. We got Curly Hair Russell not happy in Seattle again. We got J.J. Watt being released from Houston. Plus, we're going to talk to our friend, a former player of, of both of ours, former Blu-ray player of both of ours, <laughs> a Super Bowl champion, former NFL champion as a player with the Pittsburgh Steelers, our brother, Larry Foote. Larry Foote, stay tuned. Yo, all things covered, first quarter. You know what time it is. It's time to chop it up, chop it up. And in this chopping it up segment, we're going to talk about the versatility that we potentially would have had to display if we were not good enough to play the game of football. Current news right now. Two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Hogan declares for the Premier Lacrosse League draft. So he's jumping from the NFL, entering to the lacrosse league. And I've watched lacrosse a little bit, don't know too much about the sport, but clearly to be able to be good enough to enter the draft, you have to have some athleticism to go along with what you can do as a player. And remember, Chris, he was catching touchdown passes for the the champions at that time, the New England Patriots. Now he's trying to get into the lacrosse league. So question for you, Pat Pete, I'm pretty sure our listeners and viewers will love to hear your answer with this question. If you were to go pro in any other sport, I kind of know the answer already. What would it be? Like, do we have to be like really good at it or just be like our dream to go to another sport? Like, let's you know, say, let's say pretty good at it. Let's say all right. growing up good as enough. a youngster and, you know, okay. not, let's say if you didn't play football, what could you have played? Okay. Well, now that I love the game of golf, it would definitely mm-hmm. be golf for sure. You know, I don't think I'm tall enough to play basketball and, you know, those trees up on that hardwood. I think it's just, I mean, it's hard to make it in golf, but I just think you have to, everything has to match up for you on the basketball court for you to mm-hmm. be a successful, you know, ball player. And, you know, average people in this world are football players. So, um, meaning like normal size people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Basketball players are different, man. Those guys are freaking you know, Amazon, you know, just you see a ball player like, man, how can a human be so, so linky and tall? But, uh, it'll probably be golf for sure. Because, you know, picking up the game of golf over the last 10 years, just just fell in love with it, just the way it forces you to think about every single shot. Every shot's different. Every ball position is different. Every pin position is different. So it's a lot that you have to 
equate into the game to be as good as you want to be. So it would definitely be golf. What about you, Mac? Well, for me, you know, you, you, know uh, you think you you say you think you got a jumper, man. I don't, I don't know about man, that. Man. Man. I mean, they used to call me Agent Agent Zero now. In Agent honor, Agent Zero. In hey, so when you when Rangers. you was at the free throw line, you used to put it behind your back too. No, I didn't put free it behind my back, but I can tell you this much about my basketball <laughs> game: I would shoot myself into a zone. So if I wasn't okay. in the zone, I was gonna shoot until I got so into the like zone. Kobe said, "Keep shooting." I ain't never all keep shooting. No Keep question. You. They used to call me Agent Zero, but I think me personally, growing up, always had a love for video games, and I got my degree in computer graphic design at Florida State, so I wanted to create video games, but I also was a big-time gamer. So I think now understanding and seeing where that where, where that profession is going, I think I would have probably been a professional gamer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being able yeah. to devote all the time and attention to be better at playing video games than what I used to do. You know, I used to do it just, you know, leisurely. But, you know, if I had the time to be able to devote more time and attention to being a gamer, I think I would have been a professional gamer. And that's a big time booming business right now. Not right. just, you know, you know, locally here in our country, but globally, you know, throughout right. the universe, you know, gaming is a huge industry right now. So I think I would have taken part in the, to that. And going back to uh, Chris Hogan, uh, he played lacrosse for, for four years at Penn State and only played football one year at Mammoth. So uh, he has that lacrosse experience. But I think, you know, just being able to jump into the professional level is definitely eye catching. And one thing I'd like to highlight to you, Pat P, also with our viewers and listeners, transition to this study. 90% of the players on, on the Super Bowl roster play two high school sports or more. So what is the benefits of playing multiple sports, especially when you're in the high school ranks? I think it makes you a well-rounded athlete. I think that's what made me become a better defensive back by mm-hmm. playing offense in high school, by playing different other sports, just seeing how how able the mind, how your mind is able to react in certain situations because a basketball situation may be different, but at the same time, it's, you still have to be at your best when it's time to be at your best. So it's still getting you ready for football was always my main sport. So when I was running track, I'm, I'm going to be in those, those bright lights. So how do I handle those bright lights? How do I handle the pressure? Cause it's never pressure to me because I, I practiced myself in those moments before. So now I just got to go out there and do it. But that's what the other sports did. It puts you in certain situations to see how you're going to handle it. So when it does pop up in your your sport that you want to fully pursue, now it's going to be easy to you. Now it's going to be something that that's not going to shock you when when it's time for you to be at your best at that pressure moment. And Pat P, what else did you actually play in high school outside of football? Um, I ran a little track. Man, I, I wanted to play baseball, but I was not trying to get hit with that with that uh, baseball, yo. And in high school, I know these kids and it wasn't really accurate. I was like, man, I I only know what what I. I I can't even tell you what would happen if somebody hit me with that baseball. And I got a bat in my hand. <laughs> I probably would have been in jail somewhere. So I I, uh, I skipped out that. But I played basketball and ran track. Okay. And, and looking at the actual numbers from the breakdown from players on the Super Bowl rosters, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, 10% only played football. 50% played two sports, 32% played three sports. You had a, you had 2% played four sports. So clearly, you know, two sport athletes that were, that back then in their high school days dominated the Super Bowl roster. So that's definitely right. a key point to all you youngsters that are currently listening to us or watching us via YouTube. When you play, when you're in high school, try to play as many sports as possible. Cause no, just like Pat P just mentioned, one sport can help the other and vice mm-hmm. versa. So you never know how uh, sports can help you develop and become just a better all-around athlete. 
Now it's time to transition to another part of our show. With it being the off season, we're we're constantly trying to change certain things up to keep you guys entertained. And this part is called handling that headlines. And what we're going to do here is number one, we're going to talk about what we had to address last week. We covered a dirty rumor about Pat Pete's future on last week's episode, but there still have been some articles dropping our very own Patrick Peterson featuring Patrick Peterson. So Pat, I don't want you to react to these specific headlines so i want you to keep your poker face as straight as possible but i'll have a follow-up for you so based on what happened last week with these dirty rumors circulating that you decided to part ways with the arizona cardinals there are quite a few headlines that circulated throughout the football world involving you number Mm -hmm. one this headline dropped last week the dallas cowboys should pursue patrick peterson number two this headline dropped the green bay packers free agency Patrick Peterson is a prime target. Number three, coming from the Cleveland Browns, Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman is a must this year. Number four, coming from Atlanta, should the Falcons consider Patrick Peterson in free agency? So the talking point for this segment is, you know, with your name, your your name has been in headlines going back to your high school days because you've been that type of player. And currently, they're still in the headlines, not knowing exactly what will happen with your future, but they're already dropping headlines with your name with other potential organizations. How do you handle that as a player, and how much do you actually see or hear about these certain headlines involving your name? Uh, well, Mac, honestly, I don't pay you know too too much attention to it. You know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm all, always been a guy of you know whatever happens happens. You know, it's out of my control. You know, I pretty much, you know, done all I can to to put myself in the position to earn the right to play uh, this game I love again. But I can tell you this for sure. I know I will be playing football for somebody next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I don't know who it who it will be with. Um, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be, uh, you know, interesting month and a half, you know, as free agency and the new league year is about to, about to start up. So. It's going to be fun. Never been a free agent before, but, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to be going through this process. You know, you know most players, you know, want to have the opportunity to to be able to, you know, not only pick where they want to go or, or be able to, you know, have that have that urge again of, uh, you know, being wanted, you know, because it's nothing like that draft field. But once you get in the league, it's kind of like, especially if you're a guy that that's not a, a journeyman or whatever that's bouncing around and around. You know, you, you, you kind of miss that, miss that urge. So we'll see what happens, um, here in the, in the next month and a half, but it's going to be quite interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, but like I said, I will be playing for somebody next year for sure. And, you know, speaking of being excited, how good does it feel to hear coming from a dirty rumor that surfaced last week? So many teams are already coming up with headlines like the Cowboys. Uh, you know, there's a few writers saying the Cowboys should pursue you, Green Bay. You know, Patrick Peterson should be a prime target. Hearing so many organizations already like just, you know, plotting to say at least mm-hmm. if you were available, you know, trying to recruit you to their organization. How good does that feel? Well, it feels great. Like I said, it's nothing like feeling wanted, you know, want to teams want feeling like you can be on you know, that missing piece to help them turn that corner or, or that guy to, to, to help you know, jail the locker room or help young guys come along or, you know, whatever it may be, you know. So so this is a exciting part of my career. Ten years in, you know, I feel like I got a lot left in the tank going in year 11 this year. Man, time flies. But it's a blessing to be where I'm at right now. And I always thank God every day. Thank God that I made it here. No question. (laughs) No question. With plenty more left to go. And we only just included those four teams. There were 20 plus teams 
that had headlines regarding your name as a prime free agent target, but we didn't want to cover up the whole show with all the teams that were trying to put pretty much put you in their in their top list of uh, free agents that will be available. But you will have a lot of names, a lot of teams, you know, trying to land your services. So we just have to wait and see exactly what happens. Now it's time for around the league, and here and here's where we tap into all the big time news throughout the National Football League. Let's start off with one of my favorite quarterbacks, curly-haired Russell Wilson, is unhappy with the Seahawks. Sleepless in Seattle. I think that was a movie, if not mistaken. Well, yeah. reports, you know, came about that Russell was unhappy with the team's ability to protect him. He actually mentioned that. I think he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he just came out blunt as possible. You know, he they need to protect him better. Brandon Marshall, who was a former teammate of of Russell Wilson in Seattle, he's a friend of the show. We had him had him on some months ago, said this on first things first. Russell Wilson is beyond frustrated. I think he's trying to figure out how to move on in a classy way. Teams have reportedly been calling the Seahawks with interest. Russell Wilson has taken 394 sacks in his career, took the most sacks, 51 in 2020. Uh, in the regular season and one in the postseason. Thoughts about hearing that Russell Wilson, a guy you've played against twice a year, pretty much your, throughout your entire career, is frustrated with the Seahawks. What are your thoughts about that, Pat P? Um, I mean, you can tell. You know, obviously playing against Russell for the last, what, eight seasons of his career and, you know, being, being able to see him move around over the last three seasons. We're probably one of those teams that had to sack Russell in that three-year span in six games at least – at least 30 times. <laughs> like we, I remember one time we sacked him like seven times in one game. And we did that a couple of times. Calais had four sacks before against him. Chandler had four sacks. Mm-hmm. So you could tell, and every, and every time he gets sacked, you can see that look on his face. Like, you know what I mean? And, and he, and he's, and he's been, you know, looking for help up front for a very, very long time. And, and that's why some of the times you're not able to see Russ you know, ability to really, I mean, we know his ability to spin the ball, but Russ really never throw the ball on time. You know what I mean? He's always improvising. And the reason is because, you know, things break down or, you know, you hear things about, you know, the plays that's being called or whatever the case may be. But they definitely have to do a better job of protecting him and, and keeping him upright because that's another thing. The guys have been hit. Well, how many times is that? 394 times. sacks in his career. And he, got he played 51. every single game. <laughs> Come on, I, man! Help that help that man out. Get something no in front of him. And like I said, he's been he's been he's been wanting it forever. Being able to not worry about improvising so more, much, you know, being able to stick with the game plan, stick with the you know the play that's called. So, you know, he's been crying out for it with his, with his facial expressions on the field for sure. So, hopefully, you know, they can get you know Pete and and the guys upstairs can can finally get him some help. But as far as teams calling for Russ. Russ ain't going nowhere. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless Russ go up there and be like, man, release me. They ain't trading no Russell Wilson. Nah. Exactly. <laughs> it ain't happening. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, and, and other news in national football that you talk about the sacks that Russell Wilson has, uh, had to endure throughout his career. This guy has been known to sack quarterbacks and JJ Watt mm-hmm. was released by the Texans. Uh, they mutually agreed to a release. JJ Watt has been a ball of one healthy. I mean, JJ Watt since entering the league in 2011, uh, he ranks number two in sacks, 101, number one in tackle for laws, 172, number one in quarterback hurries, uh, 280. 
one to be exact. JJ basically came out with a statement. He said, I don't think it's any secret that I don't have 10 years left in this league. I personally believe that I do have a four great one, a few more great ones left in me, but you also can't, I can't be a part of a rebuild is what he said. I'm looking to go out there championship and that's what I want to do. Uh, hearing those statements from JJ and hearing that, you know, he's chasing a championship, you know, what does that, for, for, for a player like JJ, you know, his career in Houston as an individual has been spectacular, but overall team success, they've always fall short. But hearing that he wants to be a part of a championship, do you agree with that, with that statement coming from JJ at this point in his career? Man, no doubt about it. You know, the game is the ultimate team sport and all the individual accolades that he have. That's all fine, Danny, but he want to win that ultimate team achievement and that's a championship. And you can't do that with one person, you know what I mean? It takes a, a collective group of men to go after, have be on the same page, have that same goal, have that same mindset to achieve that ultimate goal. And that's the championship. So, and like you said, he don't have 10 years left in him. You know, Deshaun don't want to be there. D hop already left, just hired the <laughs> head coach and a GM. So you already know they're not going to be his guys. So, you know, why, you know, continue to sit around there when you feel like you have a lot left in the tank and be able to, provided with the team that's going to be able to put your services to use versus, you know, going, you know, four and 11, I'm sorry, you know, 12, four and 12, five and 11, you know, yeah. six and 10. That, that ain't cool. You know what I mean? Especially with all the hard work you put into and all the injuries and things you have to bounce back from. Yeah. I know everybody goes through it, but at the same time, when, when a player has a decision to better his career and be able to put his career in, the, in, in a better light, why not do it? Yeah. And speaking of being a 10-year vet, you also a, you're also a 10-year vet as well. And both of you guys were a part of this outstanding 2011 draft. And for you guys that are listening to <clears throat> us or watching us on YouTube, man, I'm going to read off a few names, notable names, just from the first round alone from this crazy, crazy 2011 draft that Pat Peterson was involved in. Number one, Cam Newton. Number two, Von Miller. Four, A.J. Green. Five, Patrick Peterson. Six, Julio Jones. Seven, Alden Smith. Nine, Tyron Smith. Eleven, J.J. Watt. Mike Pouncey was 15, who just retired. Ryan Kerrigan, 16. Cam Jordan, 24. 27, Jimmy Smith. 28, Mark Ingram. 31, Cam Hayward. What does it mean to be a part of that historic-like class in 2011? Because I think this is one of the best draft class to ever come through and you guys are continuing to write add on to the legacy but me personally just the list alone from the first rounders i think this is one of the best draft class we've ever seen in the nfl but what does it feel to be a part of that historic draft class man it's a blessing because i never forget when we was in new york and we was taking our pictures on the stage in um at radio city hall yep and um you know right before everybody come in we all right before we go in the, in the green room you know all the guys all the first well everybody who got invited all in the room taking the pictures before not not even with your team jerry just before the thing goes on it and roger goodell had walked on around the back he was looking at all of us he's like man and was that the 84 draft that john elway was in i think it was right? 84 with marino and things like that yeah, yeah so it was like man you know i've been hearing a lot of talk that this can possibly be one of the greatest drafts to you know that, that you know that that we ever had wait roger goodell draft. said that the night yes. of the draft and we haven't even we haven't even been on a team yet bro kid you not so boom now, you know, fast forwarding to, you know, 10 years, you got Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, uh, you know, Julio Jones breaking records, Alden Smith, if he was able to stay oh. right. Oh my gosh. Uh, Cam, uh, Cam Jordan, Jimmy Smith, uh, Mark Ingram, JJ, Mark JJ Ingram. Watt. 
JJ Watt, Mark Ingram, who's continued to have, you know have a, a, a great end to his year uh, career. You got Cam Hayward, who's balling in, uh, in in Pittsburgh, and shout out to him being I think he's the highest paid player over thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. To yeah. uh, Cam Newton, you know, league MVP. MVP. Yep. You know, so it's, it's nothing AJ but Green. AJ Green, nothing but great talent. You know, even you know Richard Sherman even 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 is a part of this group. Chris Shoot, Harris, got Chris Harris, yeah, yeah. So I can, I mean, the list goes on off the all the great talent. We had a talented, talented um, group of men in that 2011 draft class. Yeah, uh, and, and that draft was 83 with Elway. So that was 83. Elway. Okay, 83. Yeah, yeah, but but that 2011 class, man. Just the depth, not just talking about first round players, but like you said, Richard Sherman, Chris Harris, who was a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this draft class, when it's all said and done, it's hard to kind of argue that right now because a lot of those guys in A3 draft are in the hall. I mean, they got yeah, the gold exactly. jacket, but mm-hmm. based on the, the career of some of the guys you mentioned, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that most of you guys in the first round, I mean, quite a few guys we believe will get into the Hall of Fame at some mm-hmm. point in time. So I think that definitely would add more fuel to the fire when it comes to this debate between the 2011 draft and the 1983 draft. But you can always let us know how you feel. Just make sure you leave us a message on social media. If you think the 2011 draft potentially will be better than the 1983 draft when it's all said and done, let us know what you think. Now it's time for Has Pat Heard? And the reason why this part of the show was created, because during the <laughs> offseason, if you know anything about my guy Pat P, he's not on dry land a lot. He's usually flying around to some exotic place. You know, he's sightseeing or he's just flying around the golf. So when Pat P is usually in the air, a lot of information doesn't get to Pat P. And <laughs> the main reason why we decided to create this segment of our show is because when Doug Peterson got fired, by the field of the Eagles, we actually broke the news to Pat P here on All Things Discovered. <laughs> he had no idea that the Eagles were looking for a new head coach. So we decided to add this part of the show just for Pat P, especially during the offseason. So the first question for you is, did you know that or have you found out that Antoine Winfield was fined for taunting Tyreek Hill? No, during the Super I did Bowl. not hear that. He was taunt. He was. Fine. You remember he shot him when he shot him the peace yeah. sign at the end of the game and put the peace sign yeah. in front of his face. Yeah, he, he was, was fine. They fined, the, NFL, the NFL fined him, and that fine amount. And get this for your listeners and viewers: if you don't know exactly how much a fine is, here go the actual numbers. Just for fining, this wasn't a personal foul. I mean, this was a taunting fine, and they hit him for a fine of seven thousand eight hundred and fifteen dollars no. for taunting Tyreek Hill in Super Bowl Fifty Five. Yes, he was fine. So. You <laughs> so you tell you mean that you trying to tell me that they taunt they they found that they find him what you say seventy five hundred seventy eight seventy eight hundred bucks for doing this right here the peace sign yep remember he did in front of Tyreek uh, face I think at the interception so or something I, like I, that I, yeah yeah I think it was the last play of the game so tell me this uh, Eric might be able to find this did they did they did they even flag Cheetah for when he hit the backflip. Nah, not to my knowledge, but I can tell you this much. I know for sure when the Chiefs beat the the Browns and when Hollywood Higgins, Rashad Higgins got hit by Daniel Sorensen oh. that, that, that caused that fumble, yeah. right, that, what, that resulted mm-hmm. to a touchback, Daniel Sorensen did not get fined for that hit. Right. Even though it was helmet to helmet, it was not called at that time, but if you go back and look at the replay, it was helmet to helmet contact, and he wasn't fined, but they fined 
Antoine Winfield seven eight hundred dollars for shooting a peace sign. Man, that's baloney, man. And it's always the defensive guys. Yeah, <laughs> offensive guys never get fined. I mean, I, I I know I know it's you know they're not in position to be fined in in a sense. But at the same time, if if a guy is running eighty nine mile, uh, you know, uh, eighty nine yard touchdown or a twenty yard touchdown, and he turn around and get that to you. That should be acceptable to the same thing of him, you know, doing it in his space. Yep, and and no penalty and, on that Tyreek Hill no back penalty, the, and, on the, and on no the, penalty and no fine. So there goes to show you, this is a offense of league. You know, yeah. they, everything goes to the offense. Like I, that, that's what I don't understand because at the end of the day, it should go both ways, and that's why I'm gonna get on the phone. I got to talk to Roger Goodell. We got to find a way. I'm 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 harping on this of changing that spot. PI uh, file because it don't make sense. Hey, How, you know, it, every it year, cannot... Pat P, they always have the, the, the league committee and the rules committee that come together right. in the offseason to kind of go over right. certain rules. Yeah. Get on the, get on the, get on the horn. I got to. I get got to, man. Cause it, it don't, it don't make sense to me, man. We can't keep getting penalized. And we're, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, if what they should do is if they're going to, I know players getting, you know, the, the defenseless players at the same time, guys can't, you know, I think they got to lower that fine as well. Being twenty five hundred, most guys that that are making those hits, you know, are, are lead minimum guys. So that's taking their whole check right there. Mm-hmm. So what they have to do is is come down lower with these numbers because guys are not able to make a quick judgment in the heat of the battle when they're trying to separate a person from the ball. Exactly. Their whole job is goal is defend the end zone or break the ball up by any means necessary. I mean, I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I get head to head, you know, that's incidental. And I know they're trying to take the head out of the game, but at the same time, when you see it in slow motion and fast, and, and fast, it looks bad. When you see it in slow motion, half of the time, you're not even hitting guys in the head. Yeah. So I think they should definitely cut those fines in half somehow, some way versus it being, you know, 25 here, 35. I think it goes up 10,000 every single time. Oh but yeah. Them, fine, is, them fines get, get hefty. They yeah. We got to find. Yeah, we definitely got to find a way to, uh, man, put, give us a little bit more favorability, man. Cause that just, it just always seemed like, you know, fans getting pointed out of the defensive guys. But for me, I love it, man. I love being a villain. It just makes me work that much harder to clean up my technique or whatever the case may be to be sharper. Now, with it being the off season, like I said, we're changing up the dynamics of the show just a little bit, trying to make this thing more. F- fan friendly to say the least and make you guys feel like you're a part of the show and this is called 21 questions granted number 21 because that's the jersey number that pat p wears and the question will come from some of our faithful listeners and viewers on youtube or just listening to us uh wherever you can find podcasts this week we took these questions from twitter uh, but if you want your questions to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on the show. But you have to leave us a five-star rating. So this week, the question comes from Mervin Gomez. Gomez, appreciate you, Mervin, for dropping us a question. Uh, for Pat P., what would you say is the highlight of your career with the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, the highlight of my career with the Arizona Cardinals. Man, I have so many great ones. The actual, I probably say this when I got on the scene, in my opinion. Uh, it wasn't, it was my rookie year. It wasn't my first punt return. It wasn't my second punt return, but it was my third punt return. Here's the reason why. 
it was late in the year. I think it was November, maybe late October. Can't remember when. And you know, Mac, you know, when people be like, man, when rookies get in November, October, they hit that, that wall. Ricky wall. Well, yeah. the wall, I, I never hit the wall, Mac. I seen, I, I seen to get better. I, I caught my second win. I, I actually felt better the second half of the season than I did the first half of the season. But anyway, the, it was the first Rams game. Uh, we, this is our first time wearing the black jerseys. You played with the Cardinals in 09. So you know what those black jerseys were, uh, how those black jerseys feel with them, with them white bottoms. But that's my first time rocking them. It's a big game for me, man. We're going against Brandon Lloyd. This is my, I think it's like my second time having an assignment. Man, locking down Brandon Lloyd had me about two PBUs, had a pick. They tried to flea flick on me. But here's the, here's the highlight of my, that happened in overtime, Matt. When they punted the ball off to me, we had, we, uh, we went in overtime. We just stopped them, got a three and out. And they punted the ball off to me. The whole time in my head, I'm like, man, if they give me a shot, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to take this to the crib. And I know Donnie Jones, a former LSU guy, he, he, he was known for his hang time. Like he always just bunt, punted it very far and had like crazy hang time. But I, and I also knew their gunners wasn't very good. I mean, their, uh, yeah, their gunner guys wasn't very good. And I felt like I had the best vice players in the game, which was, um, AJ, AJ Jefferson and Richard Marshall. We never, we never double vice anybody. It was always single. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you go singles and you got two corners that can single, you put extra yeah. people in the box. So now we gaining two extra guys in the box. Yep. So boom. And it was like a plus 50 and we still didn't double them, Max. So that's how much trust we had in these guys. So boom, Donnie Jones kicked the ball back and I look at the ball. I'm like, yo, I got opportunity. And people always thought I was lying when I say I look at the ball three times until I actually catch it. Mm-hmm. I always look at the and ball. Why, why were you doing that? Because I'm trying to engage and see where the gunners are because those are the closest guys that can, that can, uh, uh, you know, disrupt my timing from, you know, getting where I want to go. So boom, as soon as he kicked the ball off, cause I, nine times 10, I know exactly in the area they're going to kick it, to kick it in depending on the hash they're on. So they was on the, uh, right hash and Donnie is a horrible place kicker. He just, he always just bomb it and, uh, hang time. So yeah. he put the ball in the middle of the field, which is the worst thing you can do to a good punt returner. It's putting the ball in the middle of the field, giving him a two-way go. Mm-hmm. So, boom, I catch the ball. Well, I look at the ball, look at my gunners, look at the ball, look at the gunners again. Then I have, then the this, this third time I took a quick peep because the ball was coming down at this time. So, boom, so now I took that third quick peep. I was like, oh, I got a shot. Catch the ball. Obviously, it didn't. I, I kind of knew I was somewhere in the end zone or somewhat close to the end zone because I was backpedaling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Caught the ball, took that thing, 99, man, was the longest punt return, tied for the second longest punt return in NFL history. The longest in overtime, you know, that, that game right there just put me over the top because it showed that, you know, I was a, a complete player, you know, mm-hmm. going on the defensive side of the ball, forcing a PBUs, getting interception, making some big tackles on Steven Jackson, uh, yeah, Jackson that game and also icing the game with the uh, walk off home run. So that game right there is probably the highlight of my career. Big time. Yeah. And we got one as well from the same, uh, the same Mervin. Twitter handler, Mervin. Uh, can you describe the feeling of winning a Super Bowl and what made you sign Arizona, Arizona the following season in 2009? Uh, well, the feeling of winning a Super Bowl was a surreal feeling. Um, you know, I think for most players, when you get to the National Football League, and you kind of, you know, solidify yourself as an individual player. You want to, you want, you want a championship. You want to chase that, chase that ring. And, uh, being able to do that is something that, you know, you won't forget because you just remember the process. You know what I mean? Right. So being able to get to that moment, you know, as a child, that was a game that I always watched was a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to say I was playing in one, 
uh, was a monumental achievement. Um, you know, it was a monumental a team achievement and just being able to get to that level, uh, was, shoot, it was, it, it was, it was a dream come true. And I think mm-hmm. when you look at the second Super Bowl for me, uh, we played against Arizona and at that time, you know, Arizona was an organization that was not known as a competitive, consistent organization. But that year in 2008, not yet in 2008, man, they, they got hot at the right time in the playoffs, similar to what we did in 2005. So crazy because I played against the Cardinals and then when free agency started, and I started getting wind about the teams wanting me, uh, uh, thinking about, you know, bringing me in. And, uh, Arizona was that team. And see, the thing about Arizona, why I had ties with Arizona at the time, the head coach was Ken Wizenhunt. So he was with us in Pittsburgh and I knew he was a, a fan of my game, uh, when he was in Pittsburgh because he was the OC and, you know, in my earlier career, part of my earlier career, especially my rookie year, you know, just, I was a part of the scout team defense. So I was always going against <laughs> his wide receivers, you know what I mean? Right. So uh just and and at that time I wasn't in the starting lineup yet, so my scout team reps felt like game reps. So they used to have to tell me to slow down a little bit because I was, you know, like Mac, you man, you don't have to give us that type of look. But that was my game. So Ken was a pretty uh, uh knew about me and and I respected him as a as an individual the same could be said for the respect he had for me. And it kinda all kind of fit, you know what I mean? They were trying mm-hmm. to kind of bring Pittsburgh West to Arizona. And I remember yeah. uh when things kind of heating up a little bit about Arizona and myself, you know, I was definitely considering Pittsburgh. And and I remember at that time they were trying to get the big fish in the sea, which was Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? So they were trying to bring Kurt Warner back. And I was a top guy on their on their list outside of Kurt Warner. And they just, you know, offer a little more than P- Pittsburgh at the time. So it felt weird because I had just played against Arizona. And I remember when I first <laughs> got out there, man, I kept hearing, oh, y'all shouldn't have won. Like I, I, I went out there to work out with the guys. Coach Lot, Lot, uh, John Lot had us out there John running. John Lot and your boy yeah. Daniel Dockett. Yeah, <laughs> I did had us running barefoot and everything like that. You know, running laps around the field barefoot. And I kept hearing, man, B Mac, man, you know y'all was supposed to, y'all wasn't supposed to win the game. So I'm like, yo, man, I'm not a Steeler anymore. I'm a Cardinal. So man, but I had to deal with that. You know, going through training camp. I mean, it kept telling me, man, y'all wasn't supposed to win. We were a better team. So, uh, but it, it was a good, it was a good experience. And the crazy part about it, how life can t- come around 360 at you. I don't, I know you remember this. So during oh, my year out remember. in Arizona, yeah. Green Bay. So, Green Bay. Uh, Pat <laughs> P, Pat P was, uh, you were at LSU. Sophomore. Yeah, you were a sophomore. I, I sophomore. Yeah. So it's funny. So I had Pat came and visit me and came and check out a game and, and we, we hung out a little bit. And I, and I, man, I gave you like a whole bunch of clothes. You remember, I was always giving oh, yeah, whatever yeah. I was rocking. Yes, sir. And, 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 and it's funny. Then it's like a few years down the line, Pat P walking through the same hallways that I was walking through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's funny how life can kind of come at you. No, nah, it, 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 it actually, it was the next year. No, it was two years. Cause you were, so that so was you, 2009 you, you, season. You didn't play, so you played one more year. Yeah. You played one more. You played one more. So 2010 is when I went back to Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So that so was your wait. sophomore year. So 2010. Yeah. So you played when you went back to 2009. You, you, you was there yeah. two years. Yeah. So 11 yeah. was your last year, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's funny because I, I remember I still got the picture and everything when you came to the game. But I'm like, man, this yeah. man just got drafted to the steel. I'll be back to the card. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, what's also funny. Uh, our other cousin, Walter McFadden, we called Jamal. He ended uh-huh. up playing for the Steelers. When I ended up leaving the Steelers yeah. as well, he went yeah, out to the Steelers uh-huh. for a little short period of time. So it's yep. funny how things kind of kind of circle around 360 at you. 
No doubt about it. Hey, man, I, I, matter of fact, I still remember that outfit to this day. I had a white shirt on with a black, red, and white plaid shirt. Plaid shirt. And that folded yeah. at the elbows. You remember that was, yes, the, that was the style yep. when yes, you could sir. fold at the elbows? Yes, yeah. sir. I think I had some black <laughs> jeans on, too. I still remember it, though. Yeah. We, we, we was, uh, dang. Cause we was going, I think that's my first time eating in and out burger out here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Had that in and out. Yeah, first time. <laughs> you know, for, for us on the West Coast, I mean, on the East Coast, we used to always hear about in and out. Yeah. So I know that's one of the first things I used to do when I was out in Arizona. Also, too, good. Yes, uh, what was the name of the soul food spot out in Phoenix? Uh, they had that so good Lolo. Lolo. Oh, Lolo. Lolo's. Yes, Lolo's. sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they got some. Lolo. Oh, never mind. I ain't going to sit on the podcast. They might be watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Pat P came and visited me when LSU, when he was in his LSU, uh, in his career at LSU and then he gets drafted out to Arizona. So it's funny how yep. things can come back at you at, at, at 360. Uh, but now it's time to toss the break. It's halftime for us. But on the other side of halftime, we'll be joined by someone we can call a three time world champion. Stay tuned. Larry Foote will be joining us on the opposite side of the half. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly, and our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Yo, we're back from halftime. Got an opportunity to make a few adjustments we promised you guys a very, very special guest, right, on the opposite side of the half. And currently we're here. Man, this is a guy that I've been knowing for a long, long time. Pat P knows him as well. I first met this guy in 1999 when I was in high school. We definitely would get into the details of that story uh, throughout this <laughs> conversation. 13-year NFL vet. One of just a few guys to be my teammate as well as Pat P's teammate. Currently outside linebacker coach for the new world champions of the world, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's also a three-time Super Bowl champion. He won two with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just won his third with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I've been joking with him since this happened because he shot me a text. He's like, B-Mac, I'm leaving you in the dust. I got a new ring. But I feel like, Pat P, when you're a coach, it counts <laughs> as a half rank. It's not the same as a player winning a championship. So I'm giving him credit for two and a half rings. But in all, man, an outstanding player, a 
former player, outstanding coach, and just a great all-around guy. Larry Foote is joining us here, all things covered. Foot Dog, what's happening with you? What's poppin'? Man, it's an honor to be on here, man. The B Mac and Pat P show. <laughs> thing in the streets, baby. The hottest thing in the street. Yes, sir. Print the t-shirts, print the t-shirts, and you're gonna keep us hot because we know you got some hot takes no coming along with it. you. Man, number one, man, I know, I know you still on Cloud Nine, uh, the championship just over a week ago, right? Was an outstanding game for you. When you look at Tom Brady, man, how much did you enjoy the season with Tom Brady? And then looking at the the parade, you know, because you told me before Tom Brady is, is a serious guy. When it's time to get ready for ball, he's dialed in, he's focused. But it seemed like he let everything down during the parade, the boat parade you guys had to improvise and, and take part in. But just tell, take, take us through this season with Tom Brady, you know, being – in his life for quite some time because he was there your freshman year from, at Michigan, if not mistaken. You played against him uh, quite a few times in your uh, professional career. And now coaching on the staff that he's a part of as a player. Just take us through that. And then, of course, the parade. Well, I played my first two years uh, with him at Michigan, and he's the same guy. You know how the quarterbacks, you know, sometimes they might be – it's the team and the quarterbacks. He's always been part of the team. He's one of the guys, humble guy. When I say he's one of the guys, like, he's always trash-talking. You've seen that exchange during the game with him and uh, the Honey Badger. Like, yeah. you played against a B-Mac. You know that. Uh, you too, Pat P. He, yeah. he ain't shying away. He ain't loud like Phillip Rivers, but if you talking, you bring that noise to him, he's going to give it right back to you. Yeah. And uh, he's just one of the guys, you know, on the field and off the field, humble guy. I think he got a little bit of politic in him because, like, I'll give you a little inside, like just people throughout the building. He's writing hand, written letters to him, just talking about how you appreciate him. He speaks to everybody. Everybody's comfortable talking to him. He's signing autographs all day long. You know, people taking pictures with him and he never hesitates. He's always, uh, you know, just speaking to people. He's just that guy. That's why it's easy to follow him. It's easy to follow him. And uh, when he speaks, you know, everybody listens. Uh, when you get the offense up at 8 o'clock in the morning of the day of the game, to uh, go over some uh, last-minute adjustments, you know, everybody's willing because, you know, he, he earned that right just how he right. treats people. Man, it was it was definitely a fun season to watch you guys high unfold and watch you guys take on the Lombardi Trophy. But, but we're going to get back to Brady and your Buccaneers. Well, let's talk about how you and B-Mac First shit, this recruiting trip on Michigan, man. I know you always got some hot takes, man. Fill me in on that. Man, well, I think we had the BMAC come to Michigan. It just happened to be snowing. Uh-huh. And every time a top recruit, a five-star, first-team All-American coming on campus, you know, normally one of the coaches are looking for me because they know I'll take them down to Detroit, have a good old time. <laughs> you know, Get that commitment. Normally, you know, <laughs> They'll be around the head coach of the parents like, hey, you stay away from Detroit and, you know, start yelling at me. As soon as the parents turn their back, he said, hey, something happened to me. Call me now. You come down and have it. And B-Mac come with no coat. It happened to be probably below zero, snow. I don't know. We probably had to take somebody. You had to get him a coat. And, uh, you know, Master P, I still remember Master P. The hottest thing out, B-Mac with that big smile. It was even bigger back then. We had him in the club, you know, we tearing the t-shirt off. Oh Lord. He had a great time. You know, you know, uh Pappy, he don't drink, 
But right. he the drunkest one in the crew. He don't drink. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat P. They, I, I, when I left the when I left the club, I ain't have no shirt on. I, I ain't have no shirt tea. on. Man, I went in the club like Foot said. I had I borrowed somebody coat. I went in the club fully dressed. When I left, man, I had no shirt on. Man, I just had my pants, my my socks, my drawers, and my, and my shoes. Man, I walked out and that cold air hit my chest. Oh man, we both well, seen that. We jumping in somebody's back seat. Uh, we had a great time, but you know I've been around that. I know them guys down there. They not coming up here when they see that snow. They're nah, not coming nah. up there. Uh, nah, no chance. I won't get Florida State in trouble, but I think, you know, they, they convinced them to come down. But I thought, <laughs> we, well, we at least number two, B-Mac, because we hey, had hey. a great time, Pat. Oh, man, we had a great time. <laughs> the thing that hurt me with, with Michigan, number one, it was snowing. It was cold. And they had, at that time, foot. I mean, Pat, they were, like, changing the dynamics of the dorms. But they had community bathrooms. So that means I would oh, have to share yeah. The, the shower and the bathrooms or whoever it was in the dorm, that kind of turned me off. And then when I go to other places like Florida State, you know, we had more privacy. So that you was a your own big, space. Yeah, you had, you had your own space. Now, granted, they were getting ready to build some new dormitories for the athletes and things like that. But when I got there, man, everybody had to share the same thing. But, man, foot, I, foot, I tell foot this all the time. Michigan was always one of my childhood favorites because I was a big C. Wood fan. You know what I mean? I right. wanted to wear the black mm-hmm. spat. And I remember Lloyd Carr came, and when he first visited me, like, my sophomore year, he came down there. He was like, man, we just lost, we just lost Woodson, man. We're looking for another, another one. And I'm like, man, you got me. I'm coming up on a visit. So Foot right. was there. Dave Terrell was there. Crawford. We went to a basketball party at the, at, mm-hmm. at somebody townhouse, man. So mm-hmm. I was just like, man, all these guys I grew up watching, but it just was too cold and no community bathrooms is what turned me off. Yeah. Kato June had to run that number two. We just snatched that number two for Kato. Yeah. Yeah, hey, don't tell yeah. Kato that now. Hey, don't tell Kato that now, but boy, I was gonna try to get that number two. That's gonna be part of the whole plan. If I'm coming to Michigan, I, I gotta rock number two. number two. Yeah, right. I gotta rock number two. But hey, Pat, it was, man, listen, that No Limit Soldiers was dropping, and that was the first song that made me feel like I was back at the crib, like I was back home. Right. Man, I was on the dance floor by myself the whole night. No, I don't yeah. need no water. Just let me go. Man, yeah, I, I, know, left it man. All, I left it all out there, man. He was sliding, too. He was sliding back then, man. He was sliding back then. <laughs> <laughs> he represented Miami. He represented. Yeah. He oh, represented. I, know he, I know he ain't going to let us down. I know no, he ain't going to let us down. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> hey, and talking about Michigan foot, man, like 22 years ago, you was a freshman at Michigan. And like you said, the quarterback for your team was Tom Brady. Man, how surreal is it to know 22 years from then you guys just won a championship with Tom Brady. Like, did you ever think that that was a possibility knowing that, yo, this man was my quarterback as a freshman 22 years ago, and now look where we are? Well, I always knew he was going to be good. Can't nobody ever tell the future that he's going to be the greatest all-time winning seven Super Bowls. But right. looking back, every time we was behind, because we was a run, we was a heavy run, you know, Big Ten. We was a heavy run first, throw the ball on third down. But every time we was behind, we just let him do his magic. He always brought us back. When we down there in Miami kicking with you, when we beat Alabama, we was down 14 in Orange Bowl. twice in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. We was down 14 twice, and he just did his magic, brought us back to the for victory. But, you know, I always cracking on him. You know, he stole a couple of them before you got there from us, a uh, couple rings in Pittsburgh. You know, he always talking trash. You know, I bring up Spygate. He said, man, I ain't need no Spygate. He'll talk about Casey Hampton. Every time I see Casey Hampton in that plus technique, I knew his fire zone. 
Hey, foot, foot, coach, foot, break down a plus technique because you know a lot of people are listening and watching us. Right. They might not know what a plus technique is. Break that down. Well, Cajun Hampton, the true definition of a plus is you normally would be an old school odd front. We call it tight, where he just head up or the the center old school mm-hmm. three four. Now, when you see him in his butt in the a gap and he's plussed over, <laughs> and we always call it plus. He would basically he'll be. Sort of the tilted on the center, but you'll see his big old butt in the A gap taking up the whole A gap. Right. <laughs> and normally we be in that, we bring some type of pressure. He said, I always would read Casey Hampton. If he was in that plus, I, I'm throwing it outside, throwing it out route on one of them corners. And real quick, <laughs> that, that's ironic because most quarterbacks don't read the right. sin, I mean, the nose guard to the determine what's guard. going in the secondary. So that tells you how unique and cerebral Tom Brady was to be is. able to recognize what our nose guard was doing and understanding what he would see from the secondary coverage. Oh, he was going more detail. He was talking about our outside linebackers, like being the six technique. A six technique is when you're head up of the tight end, and normally you're doing that, you're playing some type of shell defense. You're trying to steal a gap, uh, trying to two-gap it a little bit because you're going to be a little light in the box. But he said he'll read, he'll read all those things, and he is a student. And if you ain't if you ain't right, if your right foot is up all the time when you're dropping or left foot, he's going to know it. He's going to know. He's going to know it. He look for those things to have an advantage. Wow. Man, that's, 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 man, that's crazy, boy. That's crazy. Woo. That's why hey, he's well, he the top. No doubt about it. And we talked to uh, Levante David last, what, what, maybe about three shows ago, and he talked about how TB12 told his teammates after the NFC Championship, what are you crying for? The work is not done. So with that question, how much crying was it after the Super Bowl victory? When oh, the work was done. Too, I'm kind of mad at this uh, podcast because y'all was cussing on there. And your bleep <laughs> guy, he got to be a little sooner with it. Come on, Eric. <laughs> Hey, Fred, you said your little son, your son was watching it. You said your son was watching watching it. Yeah, they watching it. And they had on NFL Network. So it's on NFL Network first. So they go right to YouTube and they watching it. I don't know if they might have downloaded it. These kids are so advanced. They know everything. (laughs) So my six year old say, Levante David on on B Mac and Pat P show, they cussing. I'm like, (laughs) just a couple weeks before, uh, uh, Devin White, after we beat New Orleans Saints, they cussing. And as soon as I get home, you know, they just the cuss police. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, for, hey, sometimes we got the, the filtered or unfiltered. Hey, after the Super Bowl party, I had to bathe them with holy water after hearing Ludacris and Migos at the <laughs> party. Oh, that's where y'all had at y'all party? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they lived it too. We ain't get home until 4.30 in the morning. Man, hey, that's hey. Like, hey, where y'all had the after party at? Down at the aquarium, right downtown. Oh man, y'all had it, man. Y'all did it right, man. Oh, they had y'all to, did man. it right. Like, like Levante <laughs> told us, man, it was the foot was fortunate. He'd get the dog years in Tampa when they were just man. bad at the bottom of the barrel. So, man, it's been a long time coming. I'm so happy for him. It's gonna be equivalent to when Pat P get one out there in Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Went through all the dog years. <laughs> but to go hey, back man. to the question, though, man. That Tom Brady, that's his, uh, you know, he's straight business. And I was kind of looking at him after the Green Bay game because everybody was taking pictures with the NFC Championship trophy. Yep. And they were loving on that thing. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You know about the pictures for the grand with that one. But everybody was excited. That was funny. I was trying to – nobody wanted to die in my mind. I'm trying to figure out who was crying. 
And Mickens, I think he said Mickens also. I think it was Mickens or somebody else. I tell you what, B Mac, and I'm I'm quite sure I put it on our uh our group chat. Man, these boys party. I'm talking about when we beat Green Bay, man, we was probably two hours late. Them it turned into a club. I'm talking about dancing in the locker room. It was so excited. Like I'm like, man, they beat me. They beat us when we did in no five. These cats was like, they was they they was on cloud nine. And you know, I just felt like that proud papa watching. Man, yeah, that's, that's awesome, what's up. Man. Hey, so hey, foot, you had a, another former teammate that was able to get to that moment with you guys and win a championship in Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, he scored a huge touchdown in the Super Bowl en route to that victory. But what was his attitude like when he first got with the team? And what made this relationship between Antonio and the Buccaneers work out? Man, I think, um, I was telling somebody earlier, he matured big time. Like when he came in there, at first you heard a little bit of like the little wide receiver. You know all wide receivers, they want the ball. And I heard him a little bit like the first game. But, man, he been a model citizen. And you know you know how A.B. worked. And he changed the culture. When I say that, A.B. is just like Tom Brady far as when he hit that grass, he's all busy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you see about 10 guys over there warming up with him because he do a dynamic stretch. Like warm up, like he got the bands on, he's running hundreds, and he's serious. All of a sudden, you see two guys over there with him, three guys. Then, before you know it, it's a couple of defensive players over there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, them young guys seen what it take and how he worked. And like every day when he was out there, he was working. And, you know, if you play with Tom Brady, and, and all of them had to take a back seat because he ain't just featuring one wide receiver. He's throwing it to the open guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's throwing into the open guy, and if you want championships, if you want it, you know, you want that experience. Everybody got to give a little bit. Everybody yeah. got to give a little bit, and you know, it helps being you know the goat. You know, you calm the wide receivers' the attitudes down, but everybody yeah. brought in. But man, he he was you ain't have everybody had their little reservations about him, holding reservations on him, but he was a perfect model citizen. <laughs> Would you like for the yeah. Buccaneers to, to to bring them back, re-sign them? Yeah, absolutely. Every team. Every, every team should want Antonio Brown. Every yeah. team yeah. should. I seen what he did, and them young boys, Scotty Miller and them guys, they're going to benefit seeing that. They seen it yeah. up close, what it take. You want to be every a Hall of Famer, that's what it take. Do you yeah. think he will be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done? Oh, absolutely. No absolutely. No and remind me of Pat Peterson out there. With them bands running and stuff, I'm like, don't, don't they know we got to practice? What, what are they doing? Hey, you like, got to get nice cramp. and loose, buddy. Hey, 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 I'm like, y'all going to cramp. Hey, <laughs> y'all going to make it through. Man, man, you know how we was but before practice. We chilling. We we use practice, middle of the practice to get warmed up. To get warmed up, yeah. <laughs> man, man, that's that old school foot. <laughs> But that's why, hey, that's why Pat Pete first ballot Hall of Fame. No that's question. Boys, hey, they put that work in. Yes, sir. Hey, man, so, Foot, talking about giving a little, this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the NFL should push back the the NFL hiring process? And why do you think Todd Bowles and left, Lefty, Byron left, Leftwich, didn't get much um, interaction during the hiring circuit? Well, they definitely should push it back. You hear that, I mean, previous times. Some owners and GMs might be, you know, you see this run, might have, you know, hurt themselves, hurt their evaluation right. process. 
Bowles did get a couple interviews, but it was just only Zoom. He didn't have the luxury of meeting in person or whatnot. And you know, a lot of those big time deals, it got to be, be there. It got to be in person, across from each other, and just, you know, that owner got to feel comfortable. I think, me personally, without going in all into the other direction, I think they dropped the ball not interviewing Leftwich. I think they probably just said, well, he's still young. We mm-hmm. just hold off. I think some teams missed the drop the ball on that one. And, yeah. you know, going forward, though, he's he, he's going to be a, a head coach one day, no doubt about it. And especially everybody, you know, they look for the next offensive guy and whatnot mm-hmm. and getting to communicate with the quarterback. This guy, first-round pick, did it on right. a high level. And yeah. he knows the game. He knows the game. So I know his time is coming. Uh, Bowles definitely deserves another shot. People that know the inside know the Jets. It just wasn't a good situation. And uh, right. I'm quite sure he's going to get another opportunity. I agree. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of you know, those two coordinators uh, for the Buccaneers, you know, we, me and Pat P talked about the diversity that B.A. incorporated with his staff, you know, last week leading up to the ball game. It has been well documented. But what makes it a special group to be a part of with you as well being a minority, being on that staff, being able to hoist the sticky Lombardi and just being a part of something that has that was groundbreaking? First of all, coming into office, like everybody, like as a staff, everybody gets along. I think VA does that. He makes sure everybody's a good fit. You got to be a dude that everybody likes. You know, VA likes to have adult beverages. He right. likes to kick it. You know, Ty Bowles, he's a communicator. He likes to hang out. And all throughout our staff, everybody gets along. Like, he got good people. And, you know, you kind of you want your locker room the same way with the players. You got to get guys that can fit with people. And that's the, the great thing about it. You love coming to work. You know, I talked to other coaches uh, around the league. I had the one year on, on Wilk's staff. It kind of wasn't like that. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like with the B.A. staff. You know what I'm right. saying? Just you love coming in. You know how it is in the locker room. You love coming yeah. in there just for the camaraderie. And it makes your job easier. It makes you want to yeah. work and uh, put in extra hours. Right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, talking about, obviously, Bowles, what were some of the key key points of slowing down that, that Kansas City offense? Because we know that they, they're very capable of putting up 40-plus points each and every time they're out there on that football field. What were the key points? Obviously, we knew you guys took away the deep ball. But give us a little bit of insight. What, what was you guys' game plan going into that game? Well, we, we know Andy Reid and, and those guys, they don't like – they're not a big run team. And mm-hmm. somebody to argue, you got Pat, you got Patrick Mahomes, you ain't gonna run the ball that much. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got enough, we got enough guys up front. We have the luxury D line wise where we, we can stop your run with, with six man box. Right. You know what I'm saying? We can slow it down enough so we can do our two shell defense. And we can hold up. And that's, you know, we, we just got that luxury up front. We got guys that can get after, uh, they can two gap beat their man and get off and make the play. So we did enough to slow the run down mm-hmm. so our pass rushers can just get at Patrick Mahomes. And you know, Bowles, and our young DBs, they grew up. And it's no it. way through the year. And yeah. they just said, hey, it's that time. That light, that light hey. switch went off. The communication role. Yeah. And them guys are playing lights out. I know our, our front get all the attention, but them young boys grew up. They communicated. And right. when you do that and everybody, what are you doing? 
And believe it or not, some of them calls, we didn't know what they were doing. Right. We had, you know, audibles, but they communicated. Yeah, right. You, you know how they, you come to the sideline, hey, oh, what's yeah. up, <laughs> Hey, if everybody on the same page, it ain't a yep. bad call. That's what you're loud, you're loud, you're right, pretty huh? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> So sometimes, you know, during the side, like, we're like, man, what they in? What they doing? Okay, third, punt team. <laughs> <laughs> punt team. <laughs> hey, we talked to them on the sideline. But they, they communicated, and uh, Bowles was definitely pressing on them, young boys. You know, a lot of times, young guys, they're not comfortable, and mm-hmm. uh, they're – Towards the end of the year, them them boys grew up right before. Yeah, I, 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 did y'all did y'all lose to Kansas City before the bye week or after? Right, right before the bye week, yeah. that was, so that yeah, was the last that's, loss. I'm gonna that's say that's loss. that's when it turned around right there. Okay. I believe you know and you guys just want to run. You remember this? Your first Super Bowl year. This reminds me of the old five team. We had a lot of expectations because mm-hmm. the year before you came in, we were fifteen and one, and we lost three in a row. And it was just like the Colts. Remember, the Colts beat us, but we knew if we play them again, we have a good chance because in the second half, we kind of, like, shut them down. Mm-hmm. And that was the same mindset with Kansas City. Them boys knew watching the tape, oh, we 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 going to be able to get them. Yeah. And we yeah. the Super Bowl, and they was confident. Yeah. And Kansas City, you know, they do what they do. And uh, Bulls, you know, everybody knows that Andy Reid even admitted he was one step ahead of them. And, yeah. No question. You know. No question. And, and, and talking about the confidence, uh, one of your more confident defenders and JPP, Jason Pierre Paul, you know, he, he spoke confident about the group and he was able to put those verbal actions out on the football field. JPP is 32, Shaq Barrett is 28. Those two guys came with big time playoff experience based on what they did throughout this playoff stretch. They also combined for 16 pressures in the Super Bowl alone. 16 pressures in the Super Bowl alone. Now, Foot, I tip my brim to you because I know you were hands-on with these guys the entire season, and not just those two guys, but the entire outside linebacker group. You know, What was your, impro- your approach in coaching that tandem to be able to not just dominate in the Super Bowl, but the entire playoff run? Those two guys caused nothing but terror for any tackles they faced. Oh, man, that's the easiest, the easiest coaching assignment in the game. Get out their way. I just, you know, you know, pass rushes. I'll just always hone them in, play the run, you know, play the run. That was a particular game, you know, the old school Bill Cower, hey, rush the passer, stop the run on the way. And they (laughs) love that approach. They love that approach. You know, we had to watch the whole run game on Wednesday. I said, look, stop the run on the way to the pass to the quarterback. And them guys love that. They love the challenge. They, the biggest stage, and they knew they knew the pressure. If we're going to have a chance to win, we're going to have to get at uh, Patrick Mahomes, just like the week before with uh, Aaron Rodgers. If we're going to beat mm-hmm. those guys, you got to uh, disrupt that quarterback. And JPP having a Super Bowl ring, beating Tom Brady, he know the game. Hey, if you don't get that quarterback, they're going to get us. Yeah, right. So them guys stepped up big time. It's easy to coach them. I'm more fired up because my young boy out of Wagner, Cam Gill, Mm-hmm. Free agent got a, a half a sack for his fumble. Forty nine, forty nine, forty nine. Yeah, yep. he played probably like seven snaps, and it's the first time you get mad at me, B Mac, because <laughs> he get the half sack for his fumble, and JPP take off, go back out there and get him, and he come to the sideline. Why are you taking me out? And I just start joking with him, laughing. 
Hey man, what you doing? You a young boy. You don't come in this game making no plays like that. <laughs> I yelled at you. Ain't playing no more. And he was mad. He was start. He started laughing, but he was fired up. Oh, you man, take, you can't take him out when he get a sack. Put him in the I zone. Didn't do he it. Like, Jason you? took off. Jason didn't like you know them young boys. They don't want you know them old heads. They don't want them young boys in there eating. <laughs> <laughs> he got that sack. JPP threw that Gatorade bottle down and took off. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so you talk about coaching. What actually got you into coaching? So we know you as a great football player, playing on some great team. What actually got you into coaching? Because I had an opportunity to play with you uh, your last two seasons in the league. And, you know, I, I, you know, with B.A. signing, that's kind of what he wanted you to do. Was it B.A. that got you into coaching? What, 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 when did coaching cross, cross your mind? My old coach, uh, Keith Butler, the coordinator in Pittsburgh, he started play, you know, he planted that seed in my, my head a little bit, as well as Mike Tomlin. And when I was ready to retire, BA said, no, nah, you about to coach. Mm. And, and I tell like Heinz Ward, a lot of them guys, Antoine Randall, sometimes you got to come in through the league quality, uh, control, late hours, a lot of computer, a lot of breaking down film. That would have been a struggle for me. I don't yeah. know that that wouldn't have been that uh you know what I'm saying enticing for me. But BA said, No, I'm giving you your own room. Like you coaching the linebackers. And that's when I took off. I said, you know what? Uh I'm with that. And but it was really BA, he was up front. Uh he was bold about it. He had a lot of confidence in me. We you know, we had a lot of uh years together. He knew what uh what I bring to the game and my approach to it. And I'm definitely fortunate for that because normally that is, that's not the norm. I just always had to talk Heinz Ward off the bridge. Like, Hey man, don't look <laughs> at my situation. Joey Porter, <laughs> too. like don't be, be just a, a unique guy or awesome guy. If he believe in you, if he got your back, he, he, he don't care. And, uh, right. I was definitely in the right place at the right time. And I thank God for it, but I'm that always, you know, all the old heads like Mike Caldwell. You remember Coach Caldwell, Pat? He was yep. saying, man, it, you get that buzz. It ain't the same as a player, but you get that buzz. Yeah. Get that buzz, and uh, the pay's good. It ain't like the player, you know what I'm saying? It's going <laughs> to be a struggle getting you to coach all that money he didn't pay, right? Be man. No question. He's going to take a big-time pay cut. Yeah. No, He's going to do it just to get out of the house, team. man. He might donate <laughs> the coach's check back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 Foot, talking about coaching, man, me and you had the luxury of, of playing under one of the best to ever do it. What was the biggest lesson you learned from Coach Dick LeBeau? Man, he was cool in all situations. Yeah. Super Bowl to preseason to training camp to spring practice, first game, big rival game against the Ravens. Dick LeBeau was the same. And you hear a lot of coaches talk that talk. No, no, no. He talked it and walked it. He was always the cool, too cool to my liking sometimes because B-Mac used to cuss me out because I wouldn't give him a call. Offense <laughs> lined up. Hey, offense and lined up, did a shift of motion, and Digger Bo still ain't gave the call. Ain't hey, gave the call. We sit there waiting. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> He'll cuss you out on the sideline, but why you ain't called nothing? Right. <laughs> give me something. You the mic, foot. Right. But, but he was good about it, though, because he will always tell us, hey, on third down, I want this. So he'll give you about five calls that he wants you to, you know, to shoot. Right. But he was cool. But the main thing is he he never blinked. Like, he was always cool. He never blinked. 
And uh, that that's what you, you take from him. And he showed up. You know, like some coaches, they get there on the first bus, stay there three, four hours. Big LeBeau was coming in with the last, the last know, bus. Like, <laughs> that last bus. Yes, yes. You know, the home games, you know, like some of us, we, we got like 10 minutes late. He right along with us. Cruising. <laughs> that little strut, that little little strut he be walking in the building with. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> and he ain't had no script. He ain't had none of that back no. on the sideline. Uh-uh. He yeah. called us all up here. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Man, that's no rough, script man. at all. Hey. So man, we at we at the uh the, the tail end of our show, but before we let you two go, because we know you two are always talking about y'all, you know, master masterminds of trivia and you know, you know this, you know that. Well, we're gonna put that to the test here today. <laughs> I got uh, Pat, Pat, I ain't gonna disrespect the man in his house. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mama raised me right. I I can't do that to this man's house, but hey. <laughs> Hey, hey Pat, he got... was coming at me before you before we even started. You know, back. Don't, don't make me stump you right quick. Oh man. So all right, we got we got college players, and I'm gonna give you the name. You guys gotta tell me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm give a name to Larry uh B Mac. You guys yep. gotta tell me what school they went to. You don't have to tell me the year, but you gotta tell me what school they went to. All right. You ready? <laughs> this should be an easy one for uh Larry Foot. Lido Shepherd. Florida. Florida he went to Florida. Florida no, Gators. that ain't for you, Mac. That ain't for oh. you. <laughs> he might not know it, though, Pat. Man, he might not he know it. He came out my class. <laughs> he came out my class. That was too right. easy for foot. Uh, we'll go to B-Mac. We'll yep. go uh, Mark Simonu. Simonu. Oh. Ooh. Why my question harder than foot question? Hey, 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 man, hey, you, hey, 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 hey. You the host. Uh, you the host. Ah. Uh, I want to say Penn State. Nah, I got to stay in it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Foot don't even know that one. I know he played. Oh, Ooh. it's not Kent State. I thought it was Penn State. He's close. Oh, I thought it was Penn State. Who is it? Kansas State. Kansas State. I knew he had a state Kansas in it. State. Foot, you All didn't right. know that one, did you? Hey, I'm respecting the <laughs> question. All right, Foot. Here we go. Uh, let's go for Foot. We got Roosevelt Colvin. Oh, Purdue. Ooh. That's oh, too man. easy. That's Big Ten. That's <laughs> no, not no, that ain't too easy. Him. That's hey, old school. I know that. Yeah, played yeah, against I'm him. Hey, 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 hey. Ain't this show over with? Hey, what's the time, man? Hey, Eric. Ain't this show over with? Mac, I'm going to give you an easy one. What we got? What we got? Let's go, Eric. Wrap the show up, Eric. I'm going to drop that F-bomb, Eric. I'm going to drop that F-bomb. Marion Barber, B-Mac. Minnesota, that's too easy. Yeah, exactly. All right, but I'm gonna I'm 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 test you on this one, Foot. Uh, let's go, Tim Dwight. Come on, man. Oh, that's too easy. That's Iowa. another Big Ten. Iowa. Iowa. Who Iowa. drafted him, Foot? Who drafted him? Chargers. And then when he, when yeah, he, no, he no, you don't get the oh, you don't get. <laughs> I, I answered that question, Chargers. <laughs> hey, All Eric, right. can you wrap the show? Who the guy? Who the guy behind the scene? <laughs> Right, hey, where the sponsors at? Who are sponsors? Let me introduce our sponsors. <laughs> Pat, Pat, do the punters. We, we, Pat, do the punters. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was about to do. That's exactly what I was about to the do. The punter. Uh, yeah. So what is punter? What do punter mean? What is that? Hold up. Boom. Who the punter? We got a punter. Right. We supposed. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, we ready. All right. This is for B Mac. We got uh Mitch Berger. Oh, you just have a Mitch man. Mitch, what yeah. school Mitch went to? Oh, Mitch was old. Yeah, he played with us. You know, Mitch used to always be intoxicated. Yeah, uh, uh, Mitch, uh, 
West Virginia? No. Nope. Mitch South Play Carolina? Play. No, he didn't go to South Carolina. <sighs> might be he the might be the, the he, he, probably, the he, he probably was the wildest player we had on our team, too. Our punter. You remember Mitch used to go hard in the streets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was drunk. <laughs> well Mitch <laughs> Mitch Mitch went to Colorado. Colorado. Hello. Man, I didn't know that. Not I'm Mitch a, I'm went to get, West Virginia. And I'm gonna get this one to Larry for the last one. Uh Zaire uh Hakeem. Punter? No, he's a he's a ball player. Zaire? Yeah, he's not a UCLA. Punter. Nope. On that on that coast though. What was his last name? California. Nope. Hakeem. Zaire Hakeem. Uh 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 oh, Arizona. No, 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 the wide San Diego State. Yeah. There you go. A great show and turf. Yep. San Diego State. All right, man. I, I, I don't like how foot had easier questions I'm, than me. Everything was hey, easier. Hey, hey. I'm just going off the list, man. You got to holler at <laughs> Hey, I got to get this tape, too. When y'all going to send me this tape? <laughs> we ain't sending you nothing. Hey, 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 I got to hey, get foot. this tape. Hey, hey, hey y'all can keep the check. Keep the check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fat hey. Pete, hey, 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 the tape is worth more than the check. Hey, foot, I don't want to bring you down if your Super Bowl high. <laughs> hey foot before we let you go we're going to transition to superlatives rapid fire question we want your honest unbiased answer right so first question for you oh, best can't incriminate me now it, can't it ain't gonna incriminate you we know you're a ball coach right now we know you're a ball coach first question for you larry foot best defensive unit on the 2008 steelers the d-line linebackers are dbs be honest too oh linebackers <laughs> linebackers who had, for, we had the number one second day. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Y'all, y'all only did that one year. Y'all did that one year. In 2008. And, 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 and you know, y'all did that one year. Where y'all at? Seven, six, oh, five. We don't care. Y'all a lot of time to be back now. <laughs> no, linebackers, linebackers. All right. And, and it used to get ruthless. We used to point the fingers. You know how they say good team? No, we point yeah. the fingers. Hey, Pat, Pat, please, we come to the sideline. Let's say somebody break a long run, somebody catch a long pass. We come to the sideline. Who man was that? And foot be, foot used to be so messy, man. I think that was such and such, man. <laughs> hey, no, Pat, Pat, you know, they used to be in the huddle. Hey, they used to be in the huddle getting it going. Oh, yeah. We know, and so, you know, Pat, you know, everybody quiet. We're like, man, who had, who had you? And nobody ain't say nothing. Foot be like, man, I think that's such and such, man. Come on, man. And we in the huddle getting ready for the next play. <laughs> oh, I can see that happening. I, I definitely was in the in the huddle before with Hood, so I. I, I oh, you know, uh, foot used to be messy. Oh, oh man, no that, doubt about that young foot when he hey. had the braids, when hey, he had man. them braids. Hey, 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 you need help? You need help this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you one thing, but you know, when foot man, when he hit you with one of these and get on his toes. Oh yeah. You know he <laughs> <laughs> the next one for you: Who is the the most skilled defensive player that you play with, and also the most skilled player that you coach? Ooh, I want to brag to the host, but you know it's a young man named Patrick Peterson. <laughs> Appreciate it, coach. <laughs> young man named Patrick Peterson. Uh, I, I give a couple. One just got in the Hall of Fame, Calvin Johnson. Remember the one oh, year yeah. I played in Detroit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely you too, Patrick Peterson and uh, Calvin Johnson. Far just flat out skills, nothing you can do about it. Blame God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much ability. Hey. <laughs> Pat but uh eye hand coordination as far as all pro punt returner, all pro uh cornerback. And you probably would have been all pro wide receiver if you wanted to do that, but definitely 
Hey, coach, real quick. Tell tell uh B Mac about that pick that you almost had. The one I tipped to myself, you oh, thought you put a call. Man, you ain't gonna catch that ball, man. Did <laughs> the ball get tipped? Uh did you tip it? I tipped tip it. And I'm the one in position. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm already thinking about the end zone. And I'm like kind of, you know, I get nervous a little bit. So I'm like, hey, I'm <laughs> and man, 21 comes flying and take it. And I'm running behind them like everybody think I'm celebrating. I'm really ready about the uh get the clothesline in them, you know what I'm saying? Horse column. <laughs> Are you gonna tackle them? <laughs> hey, hey, what, hey, what game was that? Here. What game was that? It was against the Rams. So it's the it was at home. Here. It, so it we was down. We yeah, we down. We down ten in the fourth. About seven minutes ago, so I had got a pick. The drive before to put us down three. Uh huh. So came back the next drive later. We paid like some palms coverage because back then when they when they had Jeff Fisher, all they was run with like those meshers, you know, like those uh like bullets, like a lot of crosser stuff. So Bowles had put us in his palm, and I wasn't even supposed to sit. This is just me being a ball player because the type of receiver, I think it was Kenny Brick, he came from the opposite side. Uh-huh. Two, two had, this is me being nose. I already got me a pick, the, the driver post, so I'm trying to get me another one. Man, two and, two and one went vertical, so I put all the stress on my safety. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kenny Brick running across Larry's face, because now, because Larry was, uh, you know, the, uh, the backer, so he ran across Larry's face, he was the hook dropper. And now, because he ran like a, a shallow crosser, so and it's pressure, so it's palms. So I forgot who 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 like threw the quarterback off his mark or whatever. He threw it a little long. I tipped the ball back. Larry's running on the ball. Mind you, he stumbles on his way to the ball. <laughs> oh, so he already was stumbling. I don't remember that yeah. back. I was just trying to get underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Did he tell me? He said, "Man, I was gonna pick that ball, man." Coach Foot was about two feet away from the ball, man. <laughs> I seen green passes, B-Mac. You saw Enzo. You try to get in the paint. And I don't know how he got the ball because you tipped it and jumped. And you came back down and the ball was in the air forever. And he grabbed that thing and took off. He scored past the game out for Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Week 10, 2014. Week 10, 2014 versus Red. We got to look that one up. Uh, Foot, most hated team for you. Ohio State, Baltimore Ravens, or the New Orleans Saints? Who you hate the most? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I would say Ohio State because that game meant so much. Mm-hmm. That game meant so much. You know, during our time, we had a leg up on the Ravens. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When you beat somebody, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? We're respecting them. We knew what it was going what what to be? take to beat them guys. But Ohio State was the one because that carried you forever. You, yeah. you know, I don't even remember how many times I played the Ravens, but uh, Ohio State. And I'm 2-2 two and two with them, and I got to take that to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Last one, Footy, before I let you go, and I know you've been around a lot, a lot of magical and wonderful Blu-ray games. Who is the luckiest Blu-ray player you've ever seen? Ooh, I got the luckiest and scariest guy. And he, <laughs> he's, uh, he's at this top corner of this Zoom. I by the name of Brian McFadden. And this one to say he's lucky and scary. <laughs> it ain't that many stories out there when he got bopped upside his head. Oh, no. So that, ain't none that's, of being sp- that's being smart. Hey, that's hey, being fact, smart. I call that lucky. All them years, and you survive. I don't know how you do it, but I'm telling you, I don't know how you do it. Hey, that's being smart. That's how you do it. He's scary. He don't <laughs> take chances. He's disciplined. 
That's why I know he'll be a great coach in this league. He'll be a mastermind coordinator because oh, yeah. he's just numbers guy. Couple steps ahead, he's a numbers guy. He's safe. You know what I'm saying? He'll strike when he know it's time to strike. Right. And, but he's always he's like that Floyd Mayweather a card. You know what I'm saying? When I hit you, it's gonna be you know I know I'm safe. I can hit you without getting right. hurt. Exactly. Hey, Pat P, let me tell you about foot. So anytime we used to have a trip to the West Coast, foot be ready. Like, yeah, where the boo ray game at? So we on the plane, the boo ray game. This used to happen with foot all the time. Somebody might boo foot when they they wasn't supposed to boo foot. So foot get mad. I'm done playing with I ain't playing boo ray ever again. I'm done. I'm not playing with y'all because y'all be cheating. Y'all be cheating. Hey, hey, Brad, this was my own fault though, because I wasn't a regular. I always pick my spot, you know what I'm saying? And they all they they, they treated me like Oh, they you know, treat you bad, man. Then I'll go half with somebody. Me and Heinz Ward will go half a lot. Oh, yeah, he yeah, he wouldn't be in the game, but he'll go half. I used to I'd hate go that. Half a lot. Cause they was all they wouldn't let they would never let me be part of it. Every time I'm in there, everybody picking on me. I ain't had no friends. Right. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, man, foot man, it's a pleasure, man. We're gonna wrap yes, this up, indeed, man. Thank man. you for joining us. All things covered. Pat P. <laughs> Bryant, big fatted man. Friend of the show, family member of the show, Foot. I'll say this, you know what I mean? I became a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan this year, and a lot of it had to do with you being on that staff. And we talked about this upcoming season, especially when Tom Brady signed. And you told me, don't jump on the bandwagon now, B-Mac. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. Yeah, (laughs) you emphasize not jumping on the bandwagon, but I'm on the bandwagon. But, hey, man, best of luck to you. This upcoming season, trying to repeat, do something that hasn't been done a lot. And I think the last team to repeat was, was the New the England Bra- Patriots. The Patriots, right? yeah. That Tom Brady was a right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully you guys can get a chance. And, and Philly, yep. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you guys can get a chance to repeat. Uh, and, and, well, you know what? I'll say this because we got two individuals that are, that will be tied to some organizations this upcoming season. Hopefully one of you guys can get a chance to get to the promised land. It yes, could be sir. Pat P. You know, even if he with the Cardinals or whoever, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out in what? SoFi. SoFi Stadium. Yeah, SoFi Stadium. Land. Yes, and sir. I know, hey, we know big things coming for you in the near future. Eventually, you're going to get that D.C. title. So, hey, you might be able that to is. coach Pat. But to coach Pat P, because Pat will be playing for another four or five years. He might be a D.C. somewhere, bringing Pat hey, P. Hey, 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 Pat P, you go over there and, you know, you, we, I handle everything over here. That's easy. You ain't got to show up to practice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Foot, yes, man, like, it's, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for joining us all things covered, man. Be safe, man, and we'll check you in the near future. God bless, man. Y'all keep doing all your right, thing. So it's awesome, it, baby. Appreciate yes, it. Sir. Thanks again to the champ, Larry Foot, and thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'll be back with you next week when you can expect all things will be covered. Peace. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 